Uh, I don't know if it is snowed for you guys yet because no you're further no. north. It snowed here yesterday. What? Yeah. That don't make no sense. Nope, Shut the front. It does door. not. It was October eighteenth, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and it, it, I mean, it was you know fifteen minutes of light flurries. They no melted way. like an it inch might above have the snowed. ground. I didn't notice. But uh, yeah, we were. Uh, my in-laws were in town. They're getting ready to drive back to Florida, complaining about how cold it was here and everything. And then as they pulled out of the driveway, snow started coming down. It was really fun. Uh, in Kentucky. But, yeah, it was crazy. I saw. But it's gonna be it's gonna be seventy eight this weekend. Yeah, it's gonna be oh. nice this weekend. Seventy five yeah, here. So. I saw no Matt way. Cremona post something and where they were working on the new barn in snow. It was all snowing. And I yeah, was I just like, ah, I'm not ready yeah. for that yet. I mean, he lives up there where it starts snowing in like July. You know, yeah. July through <laughs> through June or something. Matt, if you're yeah. listening, get out of there. <laughs> That's right. There are warmer places in the world. <laughs> Have I ever told you my my whole idea about like uh, that we shouldn't live places where you have to wear? <laughs> Wait, sorry. Where you have to wear shoes? Shoes should inform where you live. Have I told uh, you this? Uh, no, this is an interesting <laughs> conversation. Is this our topic? No, it's not. But I I was you know one of those days when I was younger when I had free time and I just got to think about things and like randomly have these weird. I have a lot of these. Um, but I got to thinking about shoes and how if we didn't have shoes, it would change where we as humans lived, where we decided to go, probably for the best. I mean, granted, like, you know, we're, we're safe now. We have lots of things to protect us. But if you didn't have stuff to protect you, your feet are like you're not going to go places that are too sharp, that are too cold, that are right. too hot. <laughs> You know, and it would it would keep us in places that were a lot more hospitable rather than like, you know what, we should move to Minnesota. That sounds like a great idea, you know. <laughs> yeah. In Hong but, Kong, all the homeless people that I noticed, and I hope I don't get in trouble saying most of the homeless people that I noticed in Hong Kong never had shoes on because it's a subtropical weather. It's like, that matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the weird things. I, maybe I they do now. I haven't been to Hong Kong since 2008, so maybe they all have shoes now. <laughs> yes. Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, what do you guys been up to? I'm making a truss bridge. That was my little secret on Instagram like yesterday. A big bridge. It's you know it's fine. I thought about it. I have these pillars at my driveway, these big stone pillars. Uh, they're 12 feet apart. And me and Rob Rojas were talking. I'm like, should I make a truss bridge big enough to span those two pillars so it look good in a video? And then I could walk across it. <laughs> I was like, that's a lot of that's a lot of popsicle sticks. I said, you know what? Let me make it four feet. So I'm making it fifty inches instead of 144 inches. I need to build a truss bridge. Really? At the farm? Yeah. Is um, it for a real truss bridge? Big yeah. one. Yeah, a big one so that we could drive about it span about a 25 foot span. Um, and it's something I've been putting off. I mean, I understand technically that's how to do it. That's a lot of popsicle sticks. <laughs> it would, yeah. It would take a lot. So I will watch your video. I'm doing, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a demonstration. It it's a performance video for Type On 3 because I'm working for Type On. So it's, I'm going to just show the strength of Type On 3. So I'm going to make this 50, it's 50 inches. I'm going to try and walk across it. Maybe That's I should get Type On to sponsor my 25-foot bridge. That's, yeah. yeah. Type On Made six. out of popsicle sticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Type On 3 can get wet. It's what I'm making the boat out of. And I was mm. talking this morning, I've been... I, by the end of the day, the bottom of the boat will be closed up, which is a big milestone for a boat wow. builder. And I believe that I might make this part one because it's dragging on. Like, I won't be able to put out a full video for a long time. So um, it's taken a lot longer this summer. Kind of took a few twists and turns that I didn't expect. 
So I'm, I might sand up the hull and put the the keel on it and sand it up and and maybe fiberglass it and call that part one and then do part two down the road. Maybe. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking. So the boat has moved uh, to a new milestone, a very, very specific, very considerable one. And besides that, just moving everything here along at the farm, trying to get the barn roof done before the first snowfall here. And then we start working on the walls and the plumbing. And, uh, yeah, I, I've been, I, I talked to Laura when I saw her, and I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about this publicly, Laura's doing really well with her house video, with the house videos. She says the channel's really taken a, an uptick. And inspired by her, me and my business partner are looking around for properties, so we might buy a small house around here. We put a bid in on one house, but there's several, so ultimately we might end up with a house, and it'll be fun content. There's one right near here that I'm hoping to, get my hands on and if i do it'll be some major renovations but for fun and it's tiny it's not like my house is big every time you start a project it never ends but over there everything is small it's a really small house and a really small piece of property it would be just like an airbnb investment so that's that's another thing that might be coming down the road but it's funny and we could this could be a bigger topic but as we are getting older we're making Mm. new decisions about mm, grown-up decisions grown-up decisions yeah it's like i have to finally grow up you can't make me <laughs> so there's a lot of that stuff going on but you know how long we've been doing this podcast 13 14 years now yeah 25 <laughs> Something like that. i think it was 25 years yeah 25 years it's a long time yeah. you know yeah, yeah. got to mix it up you got to bring some new blood to the table this is the only pre-internet podcast <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so that's it cool that's it. <laughs> just that. <laughs> just, just that. Just buying a house and building a bridge and building a boat and, you know. Yeah, well, all three of those are very small. All, so it's, all, all the things that everybody already does. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Typical Tuesday. David, what about you? <laughs> Tomorrow I have my, my grandpa video coming out. A couple weeks awesome. ago he, he called me up and said, hey, can you make me a cane holder? And so I went over there, and he gave me all the measurements and everything, and uh, I made it. I filmed his reaction. I think the video is really good, so that is coming out tomorrow. Cool. He, um, it was so, it was so funny. He, uh, uh, I, I go into his house and I say, "Grandpa, can I, can I film your reaction?" And he's like, "Oh, of course." So I set a GoPro in the corner. It's like I got really crappy, crappy footage but it all works because because the the reaction's so good it doesn't matter how crappy the footage is and then uh i, I have one of those little like insta 360 uh magnetic cameras on my chest which records crappy video even in perfect lighting and uh i bring it in and i set it down and he makes like the um the, the youtube o face like the youtube thumbnail o face he's like whoa <laughs> and uh he had a Did great he reaction hold his cheeks <laughs> yeah home his alone style huge. and um and I, and I hung out for with him for a couple hours after that and he just kept saying oh it's it's so good it's going to be the conversation piece when people come over now and he has people come over every sunday morning and it's just kind of like an open door anybody can come and and drink coffee with grandpa and i purposely didn't do that on sunday morning because i didn't want a crowd of people like looking at this thing so we we scheduled it on a saturday so really happy with the way the video came out i think it's one of my best and that's coming up tomorrow if you're listening it'll be yesterday i'm looking forward to that and 
After that, I have to make our yearly wedding rings, which I am, uh, I've been late every single year, except for <laughs> the actual year that we got, we got married. But that's okay. Mm. Do you have Killing a plan? Killing going for... anywhere. <laughs> I don't know. You keep missing the date on the rings. You're fed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have a plan for, for this version? Yeah, it's not going to be too different from last year. Last year, I, I had just gotten the metal lathe. And it's going to be very similar to that. Last year, I, I cut the rings on the lathe out of some stainless steel, and then there was a groove, and within that groove, I took shaving, copper shavings and epoxy and filled that. This year, I'm going to do the same thing, except it's going to be I'm going to cut wood to go inside that groove. So um, it's really it's going to be really hard to up myself every single year. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to do, do something different every single year and yeah, try to find something interesting about the video sure. and, and maybe not the not the ring itself. is good. Maybe the ring itself won't be the central portion of the video. Maybe it'll be the story and I'll find a new story to tell every year. Who's, who knows? Yeah. I mean, and you may want to simplify some years, you know. You don't necessarily it, have to that's true. make it more complex and bigger. That is, that is true. You know, <clears throat> that being said, you're going to get like an old bottle flip top at a... At a flea market, and that'll be your best <laughs> drill. <all of> you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this year, I made them out of rubber bands. Here, look, that's Love a rubber you. band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Well, for me, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're. Not, I'm tired. I'm really. Let's I'm start really, over. I'm, I'm really <laughs> yeah, let's just let's go. Um, I, we're actually two. skipping this week. We're not we're not doing a video this week because I'm working on next week's video. Uh, we're really trying to add in some skip weeks, and you know the three of us were talking before we started recording, and that's getting harder to do to justify because <clears throat> you know sponsorship stuff. I think across the board, not just for us, is lighter than it used to be. YouTube views across the board are a little bit lower than they used to be. Um, and so it makes it harder for me to be like, yeah, let's just take the week off and not put a video out. Because, you know, I mean, it's kind of important. But at the same time, having those weeks off allows for other stuff. So trying to do that this week and trying to, you know, work around that need, I think, is what we're trying to do. And then, but I'm, I'm tired because my kids are going full steam right now. All four of them are playing soccer. They're in band. They're on multiple soccer teams, and it's compet soccer, so it's travel. So we like last what? weekend on Saturday. Let me. This is crazy. On Saturday, all all four of our kids were in different cities. What and so, on buses? Like with the team? Uh, one was on a bus in one place, about thirty minutes away. I took one about an hour and a half away for two games that day after having a game the night before my wife took one here in town for one game and then immediately left from that game to drive an hour to go to another game and then we all came back and we got in the car together and we drove to where the one on the who went on the bus we drove to his thing about 30 minutes away and then we got home at like midnight it was crazy it was so, it was so much did and my in-laws were in town, so the in-laws were were with us. I mean, they were with us for like ten days or something, and they were driving all the places with us. You know, it's extra people and more seats and more cars, and whew, it's just a it's a busy season. Did everybody win? Uh, no, no. 
Did everybody <laughs> no. lose? Not everybody lost. Oh, that's good. Uh, but, you know, it's a mixed bag sometimes. Especially, like, my son played three soccer games in 18 hours. And I don't know if you've ever played a game of soccer, but it's a lot of running, and it's very tiring. And uh, so those boys were spent. So they didn't win everything. But anyway, it's a lot. And even as someone who doesn't have to play soccer or play music, I just get to drive people places. I was tired, so I know that they were tired from doing all the stuff. But um, so I think that's part of why I'm I'm tired right now. So this the this season uh, this weekend was especially like that. But pretty much every weekend is some version of that. You know, taking people places and doing lots of stuff. But it's also affected. Um, you know, it, nights and weekends are kind of when I would go work on the Carmagia, and I have not gotten to do that at all in a really long time. So uh, there's just no no margin there for that. So I'm trying to figure out how to fit that in because I really do miss working on the car, and I want to get it moved along, which would be nice. Um, but the thing I am working on right now is for next week we're building a kind of gallery wall at the office and to display some of the stuff that uh, I've built over the years. So it's a... It's a gallery wall like you would, you know, with pieces of art, but three-dimensional. So that's adding a little bit to it. It's a pretty simple project, but I think it's going to look really Yeah, striking. I've been considering that, like putting a shelf up in here or someplace where I could just start putting the things I made and some of the beautiful gifts I've gotten from fans. Yeah. Because right now I get them and I just put them on a table or under a table or... Right. And it's still... That's the unit. problem with a lot of the stuff that I've... Especially prop things, things that are not made for a specific purpose you know they just end up they don't have a home so they end up on the floor which means they get kicked or knocked or dusty or all of those things you know so trying to figure out a way to put some of those things on display and free up a little floor space so that's one thing i've been working on also i told you bob i was very relieved when i saw how messy your shop was i was like (laughs) (laughs) glad i could help mr perfect is not uh mr perfect where did that come from where did that come from i'm kidding with you because i look well your office is neat and that's something i always lacked i mean not really it looks good looks really good there's stuff look at all that floor space in there man look you have so much room to put junk in there (laughs) (laughs) my office was like a a hoarder's room like you had to walk through paths to go yeah so when this was go ahead i was gonna just say you have plenty of room to go craigslisting right now yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what but I. But it was like outside. Stuff. Like it was nice at your office. Like, well, obviously, I I try to keep certain rooms in my house completely void of clutter, but yeah. my office was the clutter city, and mm. it seems like your basement is a little cluttery. Not bad, but your office is nice and clean. So it's because it's my it's the yeah. one space that I fully control. And right. when Josh and Anthony when when they moved out of here to go to the office, I was like, okay. This one is going to be, it's going to look how I want. It's going to have the stuff in it that I want yep. and nothing else. And, you know, that's yeah. kind of happened, but not completely. When um, this was my grandfather's house, this was a storage room. And I did a video a long time ago where I turned it from the storage room into like an office with a nice walls and stuff. But I remember he, he built uh, model airplanes and he had tons of them. And he would build them from scratch. And this room ended up being a storage room around the outside walls, but then like a foot off of those shelves, there was the edge of a table. So there was a giant table in here and that, you know, went most of the floor space. And then on that table inset another 18 inches or so was another kind of short table surface. 
And then on top of that, another one. And so it was like this pyramid of stuff in the middle of the room. And there were like gas engines. And there was like a big box of lipo batteries. And then a box of servos. And, you know, just all this stuff. And then there were uh, storage on two of the walls with like, you know, just home storage stuff. And then one of the walls was covered in airplanes. It was so cool because he would have these big, you know, really big airplanes. And they were just mounted on the wall. But when you walked into the room, it was like you had about a 12-inch path all the way around the outside of the room that you could walk. And everything else was just stuff that he was he was working on. So I did not want that. I decided to turn it into something with some more room. So I can... I don't know what I do in the room. But I have it in case I need it. So, yeah. So that's kind of what I've been working on. The... Uh, the gallery wall is like the big thing. So lots of edge banding and lots of plywood and, you know, simple construction, but there's a lot of it. So that's eating up a lot of time. I see guitars in the background there. I know all, we're all three involved in a guitar build. Do you, Does anybody know when the due date is for that? Should oh, I start boy. thinking about that yet? No, no, no don't say it. thinking about it. Don't say it. <laughs> I don't want to know. I need to know you'll like be two days before. Yeah. Oh. Okay, Just we'll wait, cover your no, ears. W- what is the date? I'm kidding. I think it's like December 10th or 12th. Oh, or oh we have plenty like of time. Plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> Post like Thanksgiving. Six guitars be between like, now and then. Yeah, no, <laughs> not me. I, I, it's sitting at my desk at the office, and it's in a pile. And every time I sit down in that chair, I look over at it. I'm like, I, I really need to figure out what I'm going to do. Because I have no... I don't need another guitar. I mean, it's not for me, obviously, but I don't need a shape. I don't need a thing that I've been wanting to try on a guitar. So I really don't know what to do with that. I I think I'm just going to go back to classic. I'm going to go back to like the Screaming Skull, something that I, Mm. something that I did 30 years ago. So just Uh, go back retro for me, like a hand carved thing again. Yeah, but this time it's a little bit more thematic. Last time I did a heart because it was like just the only thing I could think of that looked. I don't know why I got inspired to do a heart. But this one will be more... Cause obviously, since we have to ban Sartre, you guys all got the square blank, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am yeah, thinking so. about... Maybe I... I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do this, and I don't even know if I should say it out loud, but I am thinking about putting a speaker and a little amp, a little battery-powered amp, oh, that's and cool. then a distortion pedal built into it. That's not a completely new idea, but, yeah. I, you know, you pick up a guitar, and you, you, sometimes you just want to turn it on and... and yeah. have it make it make sound and uh a few months ago because uh, i've been slowly designing a guitar for myself by slowly i mean i think about it and then i don't think about it for months <laughs> but a few months ago i was like you know guitars typically have two pickups or three pickups what if you had one pickup that slid from the neck to the bridge and i was like this i've never seen this this is a brilliant idea i'm gonna make a pickup with a sliding i'm gonna make a guitar with a sliding pickup and then of course it's already been done it's already like people have already yeah. figured this out yeah i thought i was being original and i was so let how down. about this instead of a wah-wah you got to do this now maybe you thought of this instead of a wah-wah bar a a wah-wah pickup so the handle makes the pickup go forward back would it change the pitch of the fight when it picks up on the vibration it wouldn't change the pitch it would change like the tone you got yeah. and you got to be it's got to be no noise yeah, it wouldn't it's going to pick up all the vibrations of that that sliding movement put some mm. gear sounds in it lean into it yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> embrace oh. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
I did I think about a putting a, a pedal or some sort of like modulator or something into the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy, I can't remember his name now, but he used to make, probably still does, make the guitars for the band Muse. And he builds in um, Chaos Pad, which is like a XY axis touch pad modulator thing. And he'd build those into right past the bridge. So as the guy was playing, he can just reach down and like fiddle with the screen and change, you know, have two settings mapped to those X and Y, and he can just kind of go down there and touch it. I've always wanted to do that, um, but like that's a significant piece of hardware that you would have to invest in mm-hmm. to put in the thing, and then we'd be giving it away. Which what if you, know, you had I'm a pickup? Away, but what if you had a pickup that was hung over the fretboard on a slider? So you can slide it up and down the fretboard. Yeah, like a mm. like a over the over oh, the top pickup. That's interesting. That's real uh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it'd be in the way of you playing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all right. You just play certain songs, kick it out of the way while you jam. <laughs> play from the back. <laughs> huh? It knows. It has a sensor. It knows as your hand moves. It just constantly moves away from your hand. But instead of a pickup, there's actually a microphone on a tiny boom arm that sticks out of the front of the guitar. That you that's can move cool. around on top of the strings to get. That's the a good idea. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah. I thought about just taking the blank that we have and just rounding over the edge, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. I think me and Derek <laughs> talked about taking the blank and just putting like a big cigar box label on it and being calling it a cigar box. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I like that too. <laughs> that's funny. I have no idea. We all got a big just for the audience. We got a big giant square of ash. I got. I think it's ash with the uh, the holes cut into it mm-hmm. but the, you notice how the the neck pocket is kind of in the middle of the block you have to cut away to get the neck pockets like four or five inches from the edge yeah so you have to you couldn't just one cut it's only gonna yeah, be one cut yeah, yeah, yeah. you just gotta cut a scallop for your for the lower frets Derek was like why is that pocket there? Like, because they mean they mean for you to cut all this away yeah which is smart. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. nice-looking blank, and mm-hmm. all of the routing is, is really nice. It's got the panel That's knocked beautiful. out from the backside for the electronics and stuff. It's pretty cool, but it is one of those things where it's a big blank slate with, you know, like... It, it, it As you always say, David, it would be nice if it had a constraint, if it had some sort of a... It's just this open-ended, you-can-do-anything, but if it, if it had a little bit of a something that I had to work around, it might inspire me to come mm-hmm. up with something i just haven't found it yet should also say this but is anyway. for the great guitar build off 20 yes. 22 something something yeah 2023 <laughs> yeah. so, the name really rolls off the tongue yeah. it's got a lot of something and we're all guitar build off we're all yeah the great guitar build off and we're all building guitars that's going to be uh auctioned and or Fun i think reason. auctioned and then that money's going to go to a charity of our choice yeah it's a pretty cool thing. There's yeah. a bunch of different categories um, where, you know, there's, I don't know, go to the website. You can find all the categories. There's You can do it on your own. You can, if you're one of the people that they selected by invitation, they send you a kit. And, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to go about it. It's a pretty cool thing. Um, I feel like I, there was something else I was going to say, but I don't know what it is. You had kind of a topic idea. Jimmy, what you got? Uh, yeah, I just, it, before we started, you and I were talking about, little pearls of wisdom or little tiny forks in the road that you get when you have literally 30 second conversation with somebody or a comment or just a moment in time or like those little moments where someone says oh have you tried this 
and you think to yourself, wow, I didn't know this existed. And then you go home and you Google it, and now you're set in a whole different path. So the importance of these little bits and pieces of conversations that you have in passing, as opposed to, it's almost like the TikTok of inspiration. Hmm. You, know, you think you see these TikTok videos, at least I, I've been noticing a lot of TikTok videos about how-to stuff. And it's like the, those guys, even from the beginning of YouTube, those guys that do like 20 life hacks. And these tiny, you know, it's like all the things you could do with a rubber band and a push pin. But to me, the experience happened when I was at a craft show in Boston with Derek a few weeks ago. And we were talking to a woman who was making pottery. And all of her molds were made with slip, which is liquefied clay. You pour it into a plaster mold and then you pour it out and then you're left with whatever the plaster absorbs and it creates a thickness. And however long you leave the slip inside the plaster mold, I think builds i have to experiment more because i'm just learning but i decided to stop playing with my tiles creating the slip and pouring it into the tile molds and i'm getting some really good results i'm still letting the tiles dry i made a bunch more this week and it takes some time um, to mix up the slip it takes some time to mulch it up and i'm not using any power tools but if i had a blender dedicated to making clay into slip that would be life make my life a little bit easier or even one of those things that you stick in like a tomato sauce to mulch it up. What are those things called? It's like a hand blender. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Immersion yeah. blender? Yeah, I would if I had one yeah. of those, life would be easy, which hmm. I might pick up just for this purpose. But yeah. that little conversation set me on a whole new experimental path. And then also considering the same conversation, this considering the same I put that video out last week, I guess, and I said I fired the terracotta clay at cone six, and everybody who knows clay says it should have been fired at cone 06, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that there was an 06 cone thing, and then I went to the schedules on the the digital pottery interface, the kiln, and I scrolled all the way down, I'm like, oh, there's 06. So that only goes to 1,800 degrees. Cone 6 goes up to like 22 or 2,500 degrees, I forget. So the tiles I made, they said they bubbled and melted because you fired them too hot. They still worked out for the experiment, but I'm acknowledging the the mistake I made. And now I know better. And I was talking to uh, uh, Potter. uh, I don't want to say his last name wrong, but uh, Ryan. I'll find his name. I'll mention him before the end of the show. I was uh, talking to Ryan, and he said, yeah, it's a common mistake that hmm. novices make the, the difference between 6 and 06 because I guess cone 6 is a common firing schedule uh. just to, to clarify cone when you say cone Bob you know this probably because your wife's a potter cone is just basically a it's a scale and the when you say cone 6, 7 or 8 this is just a range of temperatures that you fire the clay at and that comes from Back in the day, they make these little tiny pieces of ceramic in the shape of a cone. And when they would droop, you'd put them in your kiln and you'd keep an eye at them through a little window. And when those cones would droop, that's when you reach that temperature. I don't know enough about it to give you more detail than that. But that's why they call these temperature ranges cone this, cone that. So you put a cone six piece of pottery in your clay with all your other stuff. And as you're firing it, when it gets to that cone, you somehow control the heat. Something like that. Does that sound right, Bob? Yeah, that's. I mean, as I understand it, yeah, I don't yeah. really know. And but you now know, it's but just you just pick a digital scale on the. You just 
mm-hmm. pick a digital schedule and it fires it digitally much obviously much more controlled and you just hit start and leave and you wait yeah. 30 hours for it to cool down so, so what's interesting about that that little story there is that as people who like the three of us are kind of generalists and we have experience in, in a lot of stuff but not deep knowledge of a lot of stuff but that person that you were talking to has like institutional knowledge about a single craft where they've they've just done it enough that they know right offhand what the problem was because they've they've gone deep enough into a thing and it's really cool um when when you see that happening as somebody i'll speak for myself not for you guys but as somebody who just likes to skirt across new topics i'm like i'm just gonna learn enough of this thing to be able to like do the thing that I want to do in it. And then I move on and I don't really come back to it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you run across somebody who can answer that type of question, because they do that thing on a regular basis, it, it's like leaps and bounds for you as, or for me toward getting better at something. And I've run into this same thing with car stuff. Like as somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience with cars, I'm trying to figure out like uh, trying to diagnose a problem. I only have certain words in my vocabulary for what that problem could be. So I'm right. thinking, well, it's got to be this word or this word or this word. And then when you talk to somebody who has a deep knowledge of car stuff, they're like, oh, no, 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 it's not those. It's this one thing. This is probably what it is, which is something I wouldn't have even thought to look for. Mm-hmm. I think that actually comes across a lot in um, in YouTube comments, not to get on talking about comments or anything, but I think the a lot of the responses that we see, I see as negative are actually somebody with institutional knowledge about a yeah, subject I've that I don't Yeah, I've learned so much have. from the comment section. I mean, it's... it's yeah, it's, and they're like, well, why don't you know the thing that I know? Which is understandable. Is, if you and I and, and Dave present information in a way that's, hey, look, I'm not an authority. I'm just experimenting, which yeah. is how I presented the tile video because I knew I messed up a lot and I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, hey, this is how I'm learning. Experiential learning for me is the best. Because then yep. I have a gauge. I'm like, okay, I remember that time I did this wrong, and I'll never do that again. But if I go this direction or that direction from that mistake I made, I'll either discover something totally new or I'll do it the correct way. Either way. But the idea of presenting it in that way invites comments. It invites education. Right. And I'm not going to lie where I actually prompt that. Because if you're going onto YouTube to look for a specific thing, you don't know what you're looking for. If you want to mm-hmm. learn how to use this thing, you might learn how to use that thing, but there's still open gaps that you don't know you don't know until you do something wrong. And then you read the comment section or <laughs> finds you on Instagram and says, hey, I love your video, but you did these seven things incorrect. No, no, no judgment, just letting you know. And I said, thank yeah. you so much because that, that happened. Sometimes and, knowing too much is my, is my problem. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not claiming to be an expert woodworker or an expert table saw user, but in my mind, I think I am. And so I know the limitations of woodworking or a particular tool. And that causes me to not be creative or problem solve. I, I mean, just like uh, a couple weeks ago, mm. like there was this cut I had to make. And I'm like, oh, this is too dangerous on the table saw. My hands are going to be too close. Like I would, I, I'd have to make a whole jig to do this. This is going to take all day now. And then my brother, he's a woodworker, but not as much experience as me. It's just like, oh yeah, go do that at the router. And then it was just like, well, I'm so stuck in my in my ways of doing something that I didn't think that there's another solution. And just the guitars, I've been around guitars my entire life. I uh, 
so I have this limitation of what I think a guitar is or should be. And then Jimmy's like, oh, yeah, just put a pickup on the outside of the strings that slides up and down the neck. Like, I would never think <laughs> of that. Like, Jimmy is not around <laughs> guitars every single day of his life. So he is able to yeah. not have these limitations. And honestly, that's why I that's why I, I, I said it in the tile video. That's why I dabble with information of something I don't know anything about because I like to kind of hit it cold. And I know I might completely fail. Which is okay because I'm going in there with open eyes and just looking for new opportunities to innovate and and reinvigorate technology or make it obviously just make it interesting for myself. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I see that mostly in the the car stuff for me. That that what you just said is because I don't have the history, the practice, the vocabulary of all that stuff. But it's something I really am interested in, and I want to go in kind of cold. But at certain things, you can't like you can't go into a car without any knowledge of it, right? You kind of have to understand what you're looking at, at least in broad strokes. And so, I'm currently in that kind of weird spot where I'm learning more about it, but I couldn't diagnose a problem, um, both because I wouldn't know the words to look for. I don't know mechanically exactly, you know. I couldn't follow a path toward where the problem might be. Um, and I don't know exactly where that, that switchover is between... I mean, I guess it's a, pro- a process rather than like a, a switch. But I'm, I'm looking forward to that part where I can like walk up to a car that I've never seen before, not something I have personal experience with, and be like, well, it's probably one of these you know, five things or three things or whatever, and be able to diagnose a little bit more broadly. Because that's always really fun to watch people do... And there's all sorts of people online, you know, that that do this, where they they take uh, general experience and they've built that up enough that they can diagnose a, a specific problem on a thing that they don't have any experience with. I guess we I guess we do this with woodworking and with different things that we're more um, adept at. But I'm looking forward to doing that on cars. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just not there yet because right now. That's why it's, Im- it's important when we interact. Foreign. It's important when we interact with people that have knowledge that we don't have. It's really important to just ask a couple of dumb questions. You don't know what you're going to get back. Yeah. But be inquisitive. Being, be curious and inquisitive, and try and ask a few questions. So, well, and I have to around, fight. Well, you, you might just wander into a body shop and just walk around and. Yeah. I think I I have to fight my urge to just want to figure it out, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I can spend weeks trying to figure something out. Or I could just ask somebody that has a little more experience, like where to start. Not not to ask them to do it for me, but I that's my tendency is to you know like well I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to like start digging around. It's more rewarding that way. Rec- yeah, but it's also slower, and you're more likely to screw something up a- along the way trying to actually solve a problem. So yeah, that's probably what I should do is go into a body shop or. A- you know, sometimes, so I, sometimes I, I you'd be like, hey, can I just shadow you for a little while and just ask yeah. questions or something? I, I encourage everybody to just kind of dig for those little pros of wisdom when they're walking around and when you're at an opportunity. like Well, like Maker Camp, for instance. Maker Camp 2023 is... I'm joking. No, but I'm saying, for instance, at Maker Camp or a situation where you're at a craft fair, for instance, when I was with Derek, we saw this woman who was making pottery and I asked her a couple of pointed questions and I walked away with like a whole idea of how I was going to approach a couple things 
and now I want to do a slip cast mold. And I've known of them and I've seen them, but I've never done one myself. I started on how it's made years ago. They were making pottery vases or something. And I wanted to try that. And now I'm going to try and do a slip cast. I want to try and do a slip cast skull. So I'm going to sculpt a skull and make mm. a slip cast out of it. And that's something I'm going to try and do for a future video. And that all came uh, out of that conversation I had with that woman. David, do you have any stories like that where you've had a, a little conversation with somebody and, and it sent you in a new direction? I've been thinking. I've had many of those, and I'm thinking really hard. I can't think of one single time, but I know that feeling very well when somebody just says something, and I was like, ah, I never would have thought of that. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I just can't think of a... I've got a couple. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, if you want to keep thinking... Um, so one, back to the car thing, when I took my white Land Cruiser, when I the engine blew up, I bought a, an old engine to replace it. It needs to get rebuilt, right? So I took it to the shop that's going to replace it, and the guy's very nice and very helpful. He's very fast and, you know, kind of no-nonsense. So I, when I talk to him, it's like I got to get everything in really quickly before he's off to the next thing. But he's very helpful. So I was asking him about this... Uh, engine rebuild and in my mind that is a huge word with no details it's just it's like i'm gonna create something from nothing it's that kind of a statement to me and so uh i took this thing in there and when i bought it it had everything on it like they had pulled it right out of the truck put it on a bed and so when i took it in there he was looking at it he was like wow he was like wow you got the whole thing and in my mind it didn't even cross my mind that all i needed was the block because I already have all the other stuff. I, I, be, I just bought it, right? I didn't think about that. And so I'm asking him about, you know, the machine shop that's going to do the machining and how long it might take and stuff. And he said, I think I've told you this already, but he said, you know, we have to wait on the machine shop. They do their work. And once we get it back, I can, this is the block and the head. I can get it all back up and running in about two days, which blows my mind that you could... <laughs> you could take a car that's completely torn apart and put the engine back in and get all the systems working in two days. But the thing about that that relates to this conversation is that at that moment when he said that, I took the idea of an engine in my head, a big single object, and I had like this exploded view of it all of a sudden where I finally realized that there's the block in the middle and then there's the alternator over here and then there's the radiator over here and I, I saw all those pieces fly off and thought oh I s- okay like I'm beginning to understand that when you rebuild the engine you're not like starting from scratch and everything like you're going to the innermost part you bore the holes you do the block then you put the block back in and then you start putting stuff back on it that seems really obvious to everybody else in the world but I just didn't think through it that way and when he said two days, I'm like, there's no way until I got that exploded view of the thing in my head. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I couldn't it's do just, it two days. But I think the, but the I majority now, of that, you know? the majority of rebuilding an engine is just remembering where you put the screws when you took them off. <laughs> I think that's the biggest mental hurdle. I think that's a big part of it, too, because he was like, yeah. yeah, we're just going to go ahead and rip all the stuff off of here and then we'll put everything back on. I'm like, how in the world do you keep track of that? Because yeah. I did it with the Carmen Ghia, but I'm yeah. doing it like in little baggies, in boxes, with Sharpie. And that's two days worth of work right there, you know? So, um, But anyway, it, it his 
his knowledge, which didn't tell me specific knowledge, it just gave me a different perspective on what that process was going to look like. And I, I can't do it, but I understand it a little bit better. So that was one. I, I have the experience a lot. Um, I've been texting. You guys don't know Silas, Tiny Town Forge. He, he rents a shop for me over at my complex where, I, where my bigger shop is. I, I took over Aaron's old space. And when he passed, then I, I sublet a piece of it to Silas, who's Tiny Town Forge. And every time I'm in there, he's such an incredible knife maker. Anytime I'm in there, I always ask him a couple of dumb questions. And those it always leads to a little bit of discovery for the next time I make a knife. I'm like, oh, wow, that's how do you do that? And he just gives me like, oh, I do that. And I'm like, interesting. I go, you do this and you do that? And he goes, yeah. And then I do it over here. I'm like, oh, interesting. And I go, okay, cool. And I leave. And then I have a couple more rungs up the ladder of things to experiment with. So, I, One tiny little fork, which turned into kind of a big fork, and it wasn't in a learning process, but it was just taken in a new hobby, is when my cousin asked me to make a trophy for one of his go-kart races. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And so I make this trophy, and then I go to this race to watch. And I was just kind of taken in by the whole community and all these racers at this go-kart track racing. I'm like, I want to do you this. Got in. And that's how I got in is I just, yeah. I made a trophy and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend $500 on a crappy cart. And the next year I was racing and I was paying somebody else to build me an engine, which is really expensive and i'm like i want to learn how to do that i don't like some i don't like counting on somebody else and then it took me then that whole road of engine cart engine building and now i can build my entire engine all by myself without help from anybody else and it's just because i think there's an opportunity here bob yeah just because (laughs) (laughs) tony asked me to make a wooden base for a trophy he was working on and it's just that just changed my life that's Mm. great that's exactly what we're talking about it's cool I'm remembering it as an example like the first time I ever did finger joints I think is because I think it is I think it's because I saw Matthias do it with his little Ziggy machine where you put a piece of wood in and you crank it panorama I, I can, I'm sure I would I would completely mess that up but where he <laughs> puts the finger joint and then rotates the thing a couple times or like one and a half one and a half and then he makes finger joints mathematically but just seeing that and then oh, that, oh yeah that thing is amazing jo- how you could just put a notch in and I'm like the notch is more my speed and that's what I was able to to figure out but that was the first time I made finger joints the width of a saw blade watching Matthias 10 years ago do it and Hmm. all I had to do was see the video with the sound off and now like oh finger joints the width of a saw Hmm. blade oh that's sexy and there you go yeah yeah well, another uh, kind of related thing I had a conversation yesterday with a friend of mine who does YouTube stuff and um He's he's trying new things constantly, <clears throat> and I was telling him about just the state of of our videos and you know video decline and me being interested in other stuff that I want to do and I'm not sure how to fit it all together and all this type of stuff. And I think I get to a place where I I just I start overthinking and trying to figure out before I just take a step. And he kind of off the cuff said, "Well, like just." Take a day and start a new thing off to the side, unrelated, not branded together, not, you know, like you don't even have to be in it. Just start a new thing over there and use it as a way to just to try a thing 
and it's throwaway. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Nobody would ever even know about it. You know, just like create a new channel, do this thing over there or whatever. And I, that was it. And I don't know why that was hard for me to get to by myself, mm. but it, my tendency would be like, well, how do I fit it into what I'm currently doing? And how do we take advantage of like the audience we already have to promote this thing? You know, all of that, like businessy, whatever. And he's like, just, if you care about something, like go do it over there and you know, just do it, <laughs> take a step towards it. And that was huge. Just I, maybe it was somebody I trust giving me permission to like give myself permission to go do a thing. You know what I mean? Rather than than trying to build into what I already have and somebody giving uh, you permission is very powerful. It's just like you might think it, but when somebody else says it, that can really like validates it yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, it really can yeah. change your path. Yeah, so I think in that case it was. It was maybe not as specific as what you're talking about, Jimmy, where like somebody gives you a little piece of information. Right. This was more of a of a, an encouragement to like permission to go do a thing and have it fail. It's like that wacky dude. That it's like it that is. wacky dude on Instagram and TikTok. He's like, you know, you could do a thing. His hair's all messy. I don't know. Because oh. like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could like do a thing. You know, you don't like need permission. You could just like you, do it. You thing. can just do it. He's this is just, wacky dude. I don't he's know like, who this he's is. Like a Grateful Dead guy. Bob, you never saw him? I don't think so. Oh, is he the guy? Like, he looks like a wizard. He's got, like, white, fluffy hair. And he talks <laughs> yeah, yeah. he goes, you know, oh, you yeah, could yeah. just... I can't imitate his voice. He's like, you know, you yeah. could just do a thing, you know. You don't need someone to tell you. You could just go do it. Is that the guy that just comes up and he's like, hey, I... I hope you just have like a really awesome day or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like that's like a, the whole video. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a he looks like a burnt, spent deadhead. But he, yeah. it's, it's deceiving because he comes out and you think, oh, this is this is an older gentleman who doesn't know how to use TikTok or social media, but then just <laughs> yeah, gives just well. drops wisdom on you. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna find that guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think he, does. he looks like a leftover of a Grateful Dead show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to look for that guy. No, no disrespect Crazy to our Grateful Le- Dead listeners. I bet, I bet if you type, you know, you could just do a thing. You know, if you type that in, I guarantee you it'll pop up. Yeah, just do a thing. You know. <laughs> I remember hearing the audio like put over other things, and then one day he showed up actually saying the words. I was like, oh, this is it. I found the source. All I see is the Shia LaBeouf Just Do It motivational speech, which is fantastic, by the way. I should probably watch that a couple <laughs> more times. Anyway, um, yeah, so that conversation had a different it – was, it was different, but it had a similar effect where it, it allowed me to think in a new direction where I'd been kind of blocked up. Um, so. Yep. Any any other thoughts on this type of thing? Any other examples? No, I, just, I mean, if we could, if I could impart any inspiration, just when you talk to somebody that knows more than you, just listen. Yeah, listen. and I think also in that, like, go to places where people know more than you or different than you. I know, David, like a lot of times you'll go to uh, antique stores looking for what has already been done. You know, the history of stuff. I mean, you could do that same thing with. You know, going to a craft fair with people make stuff that you don't make. Yeah. You know, and actually actively putting yourself in places. Just the conversations yeah. we had in Louisville with like other makers who just have different disciplines. Mm-hmm. Like I, I talked to some car restorers and I was just 
like they were talking like oh yeah it's no big deal you just do this and this and this and like to me it's like that's a huge deal like i have no idea where to where to start and uh thank goodness these meetups are coming back because you can just talk to so many people that you would never ever talk to and just absorb not only their knowledge but their um the motivation you get from it on a grander scale, I'm getting a master's class in making a neon sign from Wesley, who's right here across the table from me. What's up, Wesley? He's, he's, uh, these guys say hi, Wesley. He's editing a, editing a video. You're editing a video? Yeah. Yeah, he's editing a video. But he's also making a sign, and I get a chance to intimately watch all the details. And it's funny, because when he was explaining it to me, I wasn't getting it. But then watching and seeing all the intimate details of how the thing goes together... I'm like, oh, it's like planting a million seeds for the next time I do something like this on my own. So thank you, Wesley. Get the thank you in person. He's giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> Tell Wesley, Wesley I'm going to cook a hot everybody. dog today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Petruto's going to cook a hot dog today on the double burner. Rodney Norman. Don't forget your hot, hot dog cooking stance. His, <laughs> he said, don't forget his. your hot dog cooking stance. Rodney Norman <laughs> is the comedian that says, you could do a thing. Did you type in the wizard, grayhead-looking guy? Is that how you found him? No, I typed that and then just like looked through images. I ended up finding. He sells a T-shirt that says "Enjoy your stupid life." <laughs> <laughs> I, like that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's I so. have to get that now. And he has one that says "Have a super freaking awesome day." Yeah, he's a funny oh, guy. His his bio is comedian, philosopher, joy speaker, friend. I love that. Yeah. And you yeah. just look at his his photo, and you're like, oh yeah, this guy would know how to use a phone. It's it's all on purpose. <laughs> it's all on purpose. Oh, it is. I actually have heard him talk when he's not in that character because he does stand up and stuff, and uh, it's, it's entirely different. It's pretty funny. But all right, cool. Well, I'm going to put him a link to him in the show notes because uh, everyone will enjoy him, Rodney Norman. All right, uh, I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters. And then you guys can recommend stuff if you want. Big thanks to everybody on Patreon. That helps us out. We had a few new people sign up this week, so glad to have you. Uh, I saw Winston Moy signed up. Hey, Winston. Long time no talk. Um, But we have a lot of people over there that help us out, and we are really grateful for all of them at every level. Uh, the, The small level, every episode, it definitely helps and we appreciate it so big thanks to everybody over there but our top supporters are gretchen hofer michael menegin warren works scott warham full steam designs odin leather goods rich at low designs fun kiss artistic creations you can make this too chad from Mancrafting works by solo albers woodworks and Corey ward and and winston moy now he's he's over there so big thanks to everybody they all get the after show which is extra stuff secret stuff 15 20 minutes of more podcast I don't know what we're going to talk about today. Hmm. Maybe we'll come up with something. Hmm. Trying to think if there's any secrety type stuff. We'll probably have something. Um, mm. But if you want to join that crew and help out the show, it does matter. We really appreciate it. And you get the after show, for whatever that's worth. You can go to patreon.com slash making it. And if you don't want to do that, thanks for listening. Thank you. That's, that's fine as well. Um, what what do you guys have to recommend? I was going to recommend Ryan Ball Pottery, R Y A N B A L L P O T T E R Y. He's drops little pearls on me all the time when he watches it. I mean, he's an incredible. 
potter and extremely experienced and skilled at what he does. And he's a big fan of my ice pick. He often gives me bits and pieces to repost of him using the ice pick. So thank you, Ryan. And thank you for the little tiny pearls of wisdom he drops on me in the comment section and in my DMs. So thanks, brother. I'm going to put a link in the chat, and you should both click on this because... I, I probably have recommended this person a long time ago, and I'm going to recommend him again. His name is Love Holton, oh. and he refaces synthesizers into these retro-futuristic art pieces. They're absolutely amazing. Oh, and I am, I'm trying to do this myself. So I've uh, I grabbed a couple of my... Uh, I'm going to make a groove box out of four different synthesizers yeah three different synthesizers like an analog mono mono synth and then i've got a multi uh polyphonic synth and then an analog drum machine and i'm going to and they're all different sizes but i'm going to reface them into like one unit so it all looks like one piece and i'm going to take inspiration from this guy and I've started playing with it. It's going to be like a year-long project. This will be like my sort of mini R2-D2 project. And um, I know it's going to be it's going to be fun. The idea with this box that I'm making is just kind of like an idea box where if I come up with like a baseline, I can quickly record it at a at a, at a lead and then add some drums. And if I like the that, I could take that, dump it to the computer and 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 work with it. But it's going to be this cool retro futuristic groove box. And this guy's going to be a huge inspiration. Sounds like a really cool project, and this guy's work is It's ridiculous. phenomenal. Like, it won't be nearly this cool, but it, yeah, his work is phenomenal. Yeah. Man, I don't know... I don't know what he's using for, like, the finish on all of this stuff, but... Or even what the materials are. I've seen his stuff before because he does little tiny collapsible retro arcade-looking, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm boxes and i see a couple of them here on on the front page of his site but and um i'm going to i'm going to put a actually i'm going to put a second link in here and if you like his stuff you might also like this guy's stuff he takes and this is also in the chat he'll take little cassette players and he refaces them and he uses send cut send to cut all the the metal faces and they're just again. It's like this retro futuristic look that I'm gonna I'm gonna pull from. I actually asked this guy. His name is um, El Pino. I don't know how to I don't know how to say his name, but uh, I actually messaged him and said, "Hey, would you do you make these cassette players for sale? Because I want one." And he's like, "I'm I'm so backed up. I'm not taking orders right now. So I guess I'll have to make my own." Wow, those are both really cool. I could spend a lot of time looking at this stuff. I know, it's just Um, easy on the eyes. Yeah. Well, mine is a specific video from somebody we've talked about many, many times. Um, Peter McKinnon put out a video last week or two weeks ago called Your Phone is Your Enemy. And, oh, you have it? I I, 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 I didn't do exactly, but I got rid of my, my homepage. Yeah. Yeah. It's there have been many things over the years, past few years that you know will will kind of point out how 
addicted we have become to our phones and how minimizing stuff on our phones or the use of the phones can make your life a little bit easier and add more margin. And I've been running into this a lot lately with I'm talking about how, how much the kids are doing and uh, I find myself while I'm waiting for them to you know get out of a practice or you know get to the car or whatever, I'm like constantly pulling out my phone and I spend a lot of time just checking to see if there's something that I'm missing instead of putting those few minutes into brainstorming. I'm, I'm, not, cre- I'm not leaving a creative margin in my head, and I'm realizing a lot of that is just due to me having my phone in my hand. So this video is just, there's a guy that he knows that made a, a really nice-looking, simple wallpaper and kind of just started putting all of the icons on his phone in one little one little folder tray thing at the bottom. So when you open the phone, you don't see anything. There's like one button at the bottom, basically. But it's an interesting video. It just kind of points out why this guy did it and, you know, the difference it can make. And it's one of those things where I don't know that I would adopt it immediately but it or completely, but it definitely got me thinking about just minimizing the, uh, well, maximizing the effort it would take yeah. to be distracted by my phone making it harder for me to get to that stuff rather than just like making it available because we're always going to follow the path path of least resistance and if that path is to brainstorm or to daydream or to i mean obviously be available to the people right in front of you you're going to do that and so i need to yeah that's something i want to work on but this video is a good kind of prompt for that so that's that you guys got anything else for this week? Mm. Mm. Cool. That's it. Um, well, awesome. Thanks for Thanks listening, everybody. everybody. Thanks to you two for listening to me. Thank Even you. our pre-podcast discussion. Yeah, we had a good, good. We had a good pre-show. Good for me. Um, so thanks for that. Thanks for listening, everybody. And, uh, Thank you, everybody. We will, uh, Thank you. See you next Love time. Love you. Bye.